Captain's Log 825. I swear, this journey is filled with inspiration. From the start of the journey, one thing that I focused on when I became a content creator was trying to follow other content creators. And I didn't want to limit myself to just podcast creators or YouTubers or anything of the sort. So I tried to follow everyone that was in the anime community that I saw, regardless of what they were doing, whether it was YouTube or podcasting or TikTok or cosplaying or blogging or, um, you know, advertisements and, you know, like voice actors and artists and animators, too. One of the voice actors that I followed early on was a voice actor that I felt was new to the game and I saw that they were making videos about the things that they were doing as they learned and prepared to become a professional voice actor and ascend to a higher level of their profession. Uh, this voice actor was inspirational to me because it was great seeing someone in their craft that was working to be a part of the industry that I was looking to cover and learn more about behind the scenes. The TikToks really gave me a look into what voice acting was and all the work that went into it, that it wasn't just someone getting up and spitting lines and saying what was on the paper, but actually acting and putting that emotion and putting that feeling into it took a lot. It took the entire body. It took the face. It took thinking about the character and putting yourself in those shoes. And so that was a very important realization for me. It's a blessing that I finally get to have this person on the show. This person is the Dizumaki, as you may have seen them on Twitter. And without further ado, let's just go ahead and get right into the episode as we talk about their voice acting career and their rise to start. What's up, Supernovas, and welcome back to the Worst Generation Podcast, the exploratory anime and manga podcast. I am your host, GB. Today, I'm a little bit lit because I've been making G Bellinis all day. This is a Sunday. It is the opening week for football. I've been chilling with the secretary, and we've been having a good time. But through all of that, we're still going to get this episode out. Uh, We have a really nice guest today. And as always, before I get into anything, I always introduce the crew first. So first up, and the only crew member I have with me today is my main man, the host of Worst Generation Hotline, Master D. Yo, 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 what's going on, crew? It's me, Master D, a.k.a. Pandemic D, a.k.a. Mr. I painted her walls and Plan B didn't work out, but there's always a Plan D, a.k.a. Drax the Destroyer, a.k.a. Nigga Rome with the Dense Bones, a.k.a. Karoro the Forgotten One, a.k.a. Let Me Clear My Throat, <coughs> a.k.a. Worst was Damn. Okay. You blew it. You blew it. I blew it. I was I thought I was ready. I I had it in my I had it in my front on my face, reading it off. So let it be known here. This is the first this is the first intro I think Rome has blown in a very long time, but that just shows that my man is out of practice from being on the pod. But by the end of this episode, he should definitely have it together. Uh 
no redos today, Rome. Unfortunately, we That's gonna cool. keep moving forward. Uh, but the parts that you got right, you still nailed them. You just gotta get back into practice, bro. You gotta do like uh like Warren does. You know, he practices in the <laughs> mirror uh like twice oh, yeah. a day to make sure his intro is always the same, same cadence, same pitch, everything. So yeah, his intro uh, definitely yeah, always makes, You know what I think it is for me, like, bro. I haven't cleared my throat in a long time because I haven't been smoking as much of my hasn't been much mucus in my in my phlegm in my throat. So that's why I wasn't ready to like clear my throat. I didn't have anything to clear. It was already clear. And it kind of tripped me up. Oh, and that, but, that throws off the whole thing because that's definitely how you come in and, and start. Yeah. Only clear my throat like five times. Uh, <laughs> let's see. And today we have a guest. I'm really excited for this guest because when I first started my journey as a content creator, uh, of course, I was going through the community before the podcast. I really was only part of the One Piece community. Uh, I follow some other anime people on the timeline, but I pretty much only follow One Piece creators and then people I knew on social media, um, you know, like friends in real life, not necessarily nerds or anime and manga fans. And when we started the podcast and we started going more into anime, I followed a lot of people from the community that I found. The guest that we have on the show today is someone that I followed and they were really into voice acting. And what was really refreshing about that is that before that moment, voice actors to me were just as far as what just as far away as an A-list actor in Hollywood. I didn't know about what they went what went on behind the scenes or you know what went into their daily lives. And then this voice actor pops up on my timeline and they are making videos where they're talking about the behind the scenes. They're talking about their preparation. They're talking about uh, the ups and the downs, like what voices kind of mess up their throat and how they feel and which voices really feel pleasant. And it's easier to get into character too. Uh, that really gave me a new respect for voice acting and kind of increased how I view voice acting when I'm watching different anime on TV and now just animations in general, not just anime. So, Without further ado, I bring today's guest to the stage. They are a voice actor, a streamer, a cosplayer, and pretty popular on social media. So you've probably already heard of them. I introduce the Dizumaki. Hi. Thank you for such a warm introduction. That felt so nice. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no problem. I like I meant every word of it though. When I first came, you know, onto Twitter and start really trying to branch out. Your profile was really a breath of fresh air for me. Just seeing, uh, I think I, I think one of the first videos I watched was you doing warm ups, and just watching the warm ups, it really made me think like, oh man, like, um, and no offense, before that moment, I didn't, I was like, this is a real job. But before that moment, you know, I'm just kind of like people just walk in the room, step in the booth, and get on the mic, and make a funny voice like, and that's voice acting. I didn't realize how much was really going into it, and yeah. so. It's always good to get those behind too. the scenes. Yeah. It's always good to get those behind the scenes. Love it. Um, so today, since that is the vibe I got from your profile, I really want to talk about kind of voice acting and what went into it. But first, before we get into that, let's just talk a little bit about anime and manga. Um, I, you are a One Piece fan, right? I am slowly turning into one. I still have my criticisms, hey, but... Let's go. Oh, Okay, well, you got Nico Robin all over your stuff, so help me out. Maybe here. because she's the on? most important thing to me in my life at the moment because <laughs> it's just something about her. I don't know. It's something about her. Nami, too, but it, 
She's all right. I like her though. So, I really do because you know she's a woman. She's a woman of vision. She knows what she wants, and yes. I love that about her. But Robin, she just she has my heart. So how far are you Nico in the series currently? Was, uh... Currently, I am finishing up um, Anaru's arc, the Sky Island arc. I am okay, currently okay. on, I think, episode. 190 i just know they have infiltrated his ship luffy has a gold orb for a hand and enaru <laughs> is still ugly so those earlobes <laughs> earlobes ear definitely caught like, me off like those earlobes like, definitely yeah, caught me off guard, yo. <laughs> but you know what there was there was there was a there was a sector of the fandom that was really lusting over him too at oh, the no. same time he's nasty <laughs> He's uh, nasty. Those ears threw me from the moment Vile. I saw yeah. him, but Infamous. I can't even I can't Dang even them. begin to understand the fandoms and the two D characters that they lust over. Sometimes, like the characters that people bring up, I'm kind of like this guy. Like this is one of the ones like, y'all lust it's over. It's not even the ears that threw me off. It's everything about him, personality, face, everything. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you're nasty. Like you're vile. You're sick. Ugly. You don't care. You don't care for his like. You don't care for his aloof arrogance. I do not. Also, he's a colonizer. Come on. Andrew is a whole colonizer. Sanji is just ugly. Damn. So you don't like oh, his you don't like at all? He's, you know, he's a chef. No. He's a funny cat. No. He loves the women. The look. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> the gel he be using on his nasty little eyebrows from his little <laughs> outfit that he bought at Spencer's is what Zora could have been using for those dusty little edges he's oh, man. going Damn, around Zoro's having. dusty edges. Okay, Damn. so let's do this. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> to the point to the point in 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 Skypea where you are. Uh give me your top 3 dusty characters and your top 3 good-looking characters in One Piece. I'm trying to get kind of a spectrum of where you are. Nico always eats. Nico always eats. The moment she stepped off that ship, the moment she had her little orange fringe with a little uh, lettuce trim at the bottom, purple jeans, her little, uh, I forget what kind of cowboy hats those are called, but her little yeah. cowboy hat too. Oh that hat was God. velvet. She that was hat was eating. velvet. Yeah. Uh-huh. She ate. Like, she ate. Nami also it's eats 24-7. You know, she's on par. She's on par with my girl. Like, they're always eating. And Chopper always looks good. Always. Chopper always looks good. Tony the community not gonna like that one. There's so many people in the community yeah. that hate. They give Chopper hate just to give Chopper hate because I think it's the cool thing to do at this point. Chopper always but looks what, good though. He always looks so, good. I never understood why they hated on Chopper so much because what is there to hate about Chopper? He's a cute furry animal, and he's a doctor. What do you not like about that? The I, main I argument I've heard. Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, D. It's I don't think it's like the way he looks i think it's more of just like because you know he's also comedic relief and mm -hmm. one piece likes to like do gag jokes sometimes longer than they need to and i think that's what makes it annoying about it like that's what i found annoying about usopp i know usopp gets a glow up i i remember watching the four kids episodes of it and i was like oh, okay he's gonna do it now i'm officially watching like the series and i'm like okay i'm expecting it he's gonna get his little glow up you know da -da -da. he's gonna mm -hmm. finally have courage but like Especially in the Alabasta arc. Oh, yeah, I wanted to kill him. I, I'm like, all right, look, if you're not doing nothing for real, stay quiet. Because now you're kind of pissing me off. Usopp, I love you. I do. But you kind of, you kind of pissing me off. I think it's just yeah. like the character funny gag aspect of it is why they're just like, mm, Chopper. Yeah, he's annoying. I think as time goes on, um, 
it takes a lot of seriousness or a lot of serious moments with the gag characters to kind of balance out that gag. Uh, Usopp doesn't get enough of those moments really for me until um, I, I've always vibed with Usopp, but I think for most fans, his moment of balance came in Dress Rosa, uh, which mm-hmm. is a future arc from you, uh, D. For Chopper, I'm not sure he's going to have enough seriousness to get there. And the main argument I hear against Chopper is that um, people feel like he's the Pikachu type character. So One Piece needed something cute and marketable. And they brought Chopper into the crew. Mm -hmm. People speak all the time about how useless Chopper is. Um, He's really holding his weight down. And he's really holding his weight down the current arc. And he held his weight in the first arc he was in. But there are just other times where, like, conveniently, Chopper can become a non-factor. And um, I think people, people pick at that as if that's not... It happens with other characters, too. But they pick at it because it's Chopper. Um, He's different. Mm -hmm. He's obviously, like, the cute character. And, and I think they want him to put in like I think they want him to put in like Luffy amounts of work. It's but that's that's never gonna about, happen. Exactly. Mm. And it's not like about it's not like about him in that moment, especially when they expect him to be like, oh, he should be as strong as the main character. No, 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 no. Luffy picked them out because of their strengths. His strength mm-hmm. is being a medical professional. Like Baby, Nami would have died if she wasn't over there. Sorry, if Chopper wasn't over there, Nami would have died. From that little bug bite she got from that big island. Yeah, I'm sorry. She would have been dead. She wouldn't have seen Alabasta if Chopper, like, wasn't on Drum Drum Island to, like, get her help. Yeah. So they um, play to their strengths. They don't have to be, like, Luffy-esque because nobody's going to be like Luffy. They play to their own strengths. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, 100%. Like, you're really speaking the gospel right now, and I think... Uh, people forget because um, especially with Shonen Phantoms as a whole, you have that expectation like, oh, we got to throw hands and we got to see people kind of fight. One Piece is really about the matchups and the characters using their best qualities to win that fight. It's very evident early on when you, you know, you see the creativity that goes in Devil Fruit usage and how those Mm matchups happen. Uh, One of my favorite things right now, as simple as it is, is, is exactly where you are. Is Inaru versus Luffy, who's his natural, uh, his natural counter. Him being a rubber Inaru, man. He's ass beat. I must say, <laughs> I, I love that because Inaru, for all, for you know, if you want to scale it, is leagues ahead of Luffy at this point in the story right now. But the great equalizer right now is that Luffy is a rubber man. So mm-hmm. that creativity and those matchups really make One Piece special, and that lets characters like Nami and Usopp and. Um, and, and Chopper thrive when they're in situations that are far beyond their true capabilities, but they're able to f- get in where they fit in, um, you know, for lack of a better phrase, and still win fights. So yep. I've, I've always liked Chopper. I like the how he's inserted. I will say that the deeper we get in One Piece, I do feel like Oda has has left some things on the table with characters like Chopper and Robin and um, and Nami at oh, times. Don't tell me that. I'm going to cry. Um, oh, uh, Robin was my favorite character when she first came into the story. I love strong female characters. The moment I um, get to her jail arc, I'm not shutting up. I'm not. <laughs> Free her. Free, Free her. her. Why was she there? Um, she didn't deserve it. Okay, she killed some people. So? She ain't even do nothing. <laughs> no. um, yeah, so, you know, Robin was my favorite character coming in. She easily went to the top. Um and even in her first moments with the Straw Hats, I feel like she undergoes a huge nerf. 
because mm-hmm. you know when she was the Straw Hats' enemy, she was untouchable. Like she, she was, she was Miss All All Sunday, right? right? So, they mm-hmm. Miss yeah. All Sunday, and nobody was touching Miss. No nobody touch was fucking with her. Like nobody was touching her. So you know, when she first came in, I'm just kind of like, you know, this girl is untouchable. She's probably the strongest person on the crew already, and. Mm-hmm. From the time she joins the crew, she doesn't exhibit that same strength anymore. So for me, that was a huge nerf from the start. It made it me didn't, so it kind of didn't sit right mad. with me. It made me so mad. I said, Oda, if I see you, you're not seeing heaven. Because why would you do this? <laughs> you had us believe that this girl and she can take down whole ships, armies, whatnot. Because a she sprouts, she can sprout arms and limbs, even her eyes, anywhere. She, she can go. She can be doing anything she wants. She can, her muscles are so dense. She put, what was her name? I keep calling her Tuskegee, but that's not her name. Smokers, um, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah, hand. I've been calling her like Tuskegee. Like I'm so, I'm so, I'm so bad with names. You'll learn that if you, you know, ever mm-hmm. sit down and binge the pot. Uh, I am horrible <laughs> with names. I call everybody like buddy. Me, and fam and man one. number one and describe them and people always know what i'm talking about well i just yeah. been calling her to see so you know the point <laughs> where she was trying to go into um the alabaster tomb to look at the uh polyglyphs the ancient polyglyphs or whatnot and miss mm-hmm. tuskegee got in front of her and she was like you're not going anywhere robin took her down like that she didn't even have to move she Wasn't didn't have shit. to move yeah yeah so um, that was a huge nerf for me, and I feel like Oda's left some things on the table, but um, right now, Robin is getting good shine. I'm very happy with uh, the looks that Robin has got in his current arc, and I think you'll be happy too since you are a Robin fan. Um, but there will be some gaps. I'm just going to forewarn you. There will be some gaps in there where you kind of hurting for Robin. Uh, well, with that being said... I'm not seeing heaven. Your your three dustiest characters. The characters that just look weird. They not put together. They not put together right. They nasty looking to you. Uh, Sanji will that. always look nasty looking to me. Always. That's crazy. Sanji's at the top that of the list. That is wild. Sanji will always look nasty looking to me. Man so dresses you could, you like he walked soup. into Spencer's and picked the first thing he saw. And I said, <laughs> um, okay, well, whatever. Like. It's like he also chose the first haircut he saw. Just like, all right, you don't want nothing new, nothing you know fresh. Man's be in the suit. Man's be in the suit with yeah. the suit. He just trying. He just trying to show off to the ladies. The European you know, suit. That's style. Style. That's his style. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man. Not rocking with him. Anyway, number one. <laughs> Not rocking with him. I will never rock with him ever. Sorry. Damn. Well, I, well, I'll see, one I'll see thing about Sanji that does that does bug me. Huh. One thing about Sanji that does bug me is that he doesn't have hair anywhere else on his body except on his legs. And when when they tear his pants and stuff up, all of a sudden <laughs> Sanji's legs have like those thick lines of hair, which just look like they would feel absolutely horrible to like brush up against on accident. Vile. And that, like he's that, like always, that always does bug me about Sanji when I see it in the manga or in the anime. It's like, oh. But other you know, than that, like I really like Sanji um, as a character. I don't always, I don't always think his fit, his outfit changes slap like in the movies and stuff. But overall, I do, I do fuck with Sanji. Yeah, Sanji's definitely one of those characters. Uh, you... oh. What you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say Sanji's definitely one of those characters where like you have to love to hate because he's like, 
not not even update, but just got that for worry about him because he's got he's got that whole personality like he's just so obsessed with the ladies, and so he comes out and get became like nausea, like why do you always care about these women? But it's like at the same time, he has such a caring personality that he just cares about everyone, but especially for ladies, and he just cares about cooking. All he knows is cooking and feeding he, people and making sure he that needs they're to good. stay in the kitchen and mind his business when nobody is speaking to him. <laughs> This is crazy to me that I'm hearing this Sanji hate right now because I've never heard anyone hate Sanji like this before. He needs to stay in the kitchen. In my I've, heard, I've heard people hate Sanji. I haven't heard someone hate Sanji in this way, like effectively in this way. When people oh, yeah, hate, most of the stuff he hate I've heard has been from the Zoro, the Zoro team on in the One Piece community mm-hmm. when they just throw hate yeah. at Sanji for it. But they got to pick Ooh. stuff. They pick at the wrong things about Sanji. This is true Sanji hate. Like this is, this is pushing at Sanji and looking at this him is in the me, way that other people like are not. analyzing his character over the few arcs I've seen and still going, Oh, yeah, mind your business, stay in that kitchen, do what you need to do because right now you're really pissing me off, and I don't like that. Also, you're getting a you little know, too close to Robin, I don't like that either. Stop. What's the I'll old, even more what's curious, the old meme where uh, what's the old meme where Buddy turns to his wife and screams, like, Get back in the kitchen? <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about him. That's how mm-hmm, I feel yep. right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, like, what you, you doing in women's business? Please. He's just trying. What'd he's just say? trying to find love. He's just trying to find love. But would you? So, my question is, um, I'm curious how you can feel about Sanji after his backstory, which is a long, a long way in the future right now. But I'm um, when the time comes, though, please at me and let me know what you think about that. Yeah, I do want to know. That would be really the first yeah. thing I do. That yeah. would be the first thing I do. I wonder if it's going to change your outlook. Because mm. as a kid, when I was like watching One Piece out of order, like I would just watch the episodes that showed up on TV. I think they did mm. have an episode of his like backstory, and I was just looking at it. I was like, "What's his problem? What's wrong?" No, nah, his backstory mm. doesn't come until much like later. Um, yeah, yeah, like it's 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 after the time skip. His his true backstory, like you got you got his. Uh, you got his semi backstory with him at the the Barrett oh, the, like the, the restaurant. Blue, yeah, you got that. Chef. But you get his Every origin and his roots later on. Every time, I'm just like, you know what? I'm wishing you don't ever see it. I hope you never see it. I hope you never oh, yeah, see that yeah. great ocean that you're going after. I wanna, I wanna know where you stand after you get his true backstory, like the the depths yeah. of his origins. Uh, who are your number two and your number three? I gotta know. I was gonna say Usopp, but I was kind of fucking with his overalls. This uh, that arc, I was kind of fucking with it. It, was, it looked my little wear, and his his, his do rag was looking nice too. So I was like, at first I was gonna do it, and then I looked at him and I was like, okay, wait a minute, you're kind of you know you're kind of eating. But I want to say the second one on my list, the one I just thought his character wasn't like too put together. It just I don't know. I felt like it could have used more flair. Who was the uh who was the sage of swamp, the ordeal of swamp? Ordeal that guy. Of swamp. Oh. He oh, was the, he was the oh, I'm oh, talking about like he wouldn't have been introduced to caribou or anything. Who? No, no, no. She's talking about in the You wouldn't have been on, introduced on the to island. caribou or anything yet. On the I know. when they went to the sacrifice when they were trying to save him her the crew, oh. the rest of the crew from the sacrificial yeah, yeah, yeah. rock. It was they had these ordeals that they had to go through: string, um, iron, sphere, and oh, swamp. Oh, it oh, was you're talking, the... about you're talking about the black dude. Yeah, um, get that. Yes, get that too. Get that was his name. Yeah, 
Yeah, that dude. I thought <laughs> he was really it. funny. I thought he was. I thought he was really funny. The drip did not hit though. Good the dad's drip didn't hit. Oh, yeah, I he's do. A guy, he's a guy who kept biting, biting his lip so much that he just kept like inverting his whole face. He didn't like know. Yeah. He didn't he know like, his yeah, eyes were rolled speech. in the back of his head, like, yeah. like a speech impediment <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. I remember him now. I forgot all about bro. Yes, like, I thought he was really funny. Purple on purple. The purple on purple with the uh, yeah. with the Fred from Scooby Doo ascot was not yeah. smacking. His mm-hmm. little ascot. I thought he and was really whole, funny. Cool. I took one look at his fit. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that all cool. That uh, cool. He did have the hot 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 uh, <laughs> the free the free form lock. <laughs> yeah, cool flocks. Yeah, that's exactly what they look like. That it's true. It's true. That's exactly what they look like. I forgot all about him. His his look, like he lives in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Like he, I looked. I took. I I took one good look at his fit, and I said, "Hmm. Well, okay. I mean, I wouldn't go shopping for new fits either if I was just stuck, like you know, on a floating piece of earth that's not even from here." I mean, cause like who you got to impress? There's only these people up here. Like, damn. I guess I would stay in the same fit too. Um, number three. This is kind of just like a hole, but I didn't like looking at the uh, the the angel citizens. I thought they looked. Is it weird. is it is it the little wings? It wasn't the wings. Maybe it was the fact that they were colonizers. I don't know. Hmm. That will never not be irritating to me because why I went into this art going like, oh, okay, little cloud people, and they have like you know, um, they have this verse over here that they worship. I wonder where that came from. You get a little bit more into the story. Oh, they took that by force. (laughs) Okay, so who's gonna say it? Who's gonna tell me? I wonder once you get deeper into the story. Um, so the oh. thing about Skypea, the arc that you're in right now, is that that story, is, that arc is like wine in One Piece. It gets better the deeper in the story you go. There are so many um, ties and links to the back end of the story that start in Skypea mm-hmm. that don't add up and they don't make sense. And you think um, it's kind of like looking through like a, a small lens. So you think like you're seeing the picture right now. You think things are has 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 what they are, and then the deeper you get in the story, you find out that all these other things went on and all this other stuff happens. Uh, I often tell people one piece is like a flower that's blooming, and you're constantly kind of or like an onion, and you keep pulling back more and more layers. Uh, a lot of that bloom really happens to for me. It begins in Skypea, and the back end of the story. If you don't appreciate Skypea by the time you get where we're at, then you just we weren't reading the same story. So I wonder like how many um I've seen a lot of people have to take go back on their takes. Not saying that your uh, colonizer take will go back, but just I wonder what are the things that you're thinking right now that when you get deeper in the story, you'll have to go back and go like, Oh, I Oh we didn't even know crazy. Like we didn't even know. It was crazy. And then like I'm over here going like, Ooh, gone fall, you're so nice. Turns out he was the main nigga asking the, the Shandorians, hey, uh, so we need your land. What the fuck do you mean you need our land? 
And bro tried to approach him polite with the shit. bullshit though, as if like that made it okay. <laughs> like he just yeah. said shit, and I'm sitting here like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, you need to die. I'm sorry, stink, but you're not. Uh, mm -mm, mm -mm, you don't do that around here. <laughs> so that's your top three. We're gonna have to follow up on this later on because it, it's some characters coming up that I think might knock one of those off your list. So we're gonna oh, have yeah, to follow definitely. up on that one later on. <laughs> There's so many Thank you for your characters. <laughs> what are some uh what are some other anime you're really into? I recently got into hold on, I actually have a whole list. Cause I have terrible, terrible, terrible memory. Oh, welcome to the welcome club. To club. I'm club. I'm talking shit memory. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> I remember watching it, but what happened? Mm. Hmm. I recently got into one of my favorite like manga series as of recently, um, Kageki Shoujo. It's a shoujo anime that came out like this year in 2021. I think it came out, I want to say the beginning of this month, but I really love it. It's so sweet. I love like sweet school stories where they're just like chasing their dreams and they want to make friends and they're just like supporting each other. Those are my favorite kind of shoujo stories because they make me cry, but like, it's also really, really good. Um, what else? Oh, right. Shironisuna no Aquatope. That one is also really nice. You know, feel good. We gotta save, um, we gotta save our beloved landscape type story. It's also really nice. It's kind of, it's a bit surreal at some points where I didn't kind of understand what was going on. But the imagery that they introduce in episodes really make the episodes make sense. So it's just like, oh my gosh, oh, she was thinking about this. That's why that popped up. But there's like this one character in there where I have no idea what he stands for. And it's kind of like bugging me. It's making me mad, honestly. Um, there was Wonder Egg Priority. I was obsessed with that for a while. Have you guys heard of Wonder yeah. Egg Priority? I have. We I have, have our pod our mate. Our podmate Panda the Don, and um, you know, if you didn't know, we do. We also do a show weekly on Clubhouse called Anime After Dark, and uh, Panda the Don, and um, we have a guest that comes, Amara, and they preach the Wonder Egg Priority Gospel weekly. It is, but amazing. they have told us they didn't like the finale. They didn't like the finale, and they didn't like the movie or the follow up that came after it. They weren't fans of that. But they still preach yeah. that you have to go watch the series. You have to check it out. Since I mean, we, I thought, they get in their bags. I thought Wonder Egg was a really good series. And they were right, though. The finale sucked ass because it didn't turn into, like, it's it's this story of, like, these young girls. They're each going through their own type of suffering. And you just Trauma, see them constantly yeah. going through suffering, suffering, suffering. And you expect... Not not a full resolve, but like, you know, steps towards healing. They did not give us that at all. It just kind of just like, yeah, they suffered and you saw that. So now what? Yeah. It was just a whole like, ah, but the stories they told in there and the imagery in there, it was very, I loved it a lot. It resonated with me a lot. And it was one of the like few animes where I was just like, oh, yeah, I really could watch this over and over and over and over again. Just like with Madoka Magica, when I was, as a kid, I was watching that yes. over and over and over yes. and over and over again. Yes. So Wonder Egg really yes. did that for me. Madoka Magica is gas. Shout out to Sensei Leglove for putting me on Madoka Magica. 
that shit was gas. Really good. I thought I, I, I felt like it was gonna be mid at first because magical um magical girls traditionally haven't really done it for me because uh I struggle with watching things that are a little bit too light and happy. I, I do need a little darkness or like some darker themes and the magical girls that people have I guess brought my way have felt a little too light to me. And I thought the Madoka Magica was gonna go that way, but uh since the glove, our pop man kept saying, like, you gotta watch it, it's gas. When yeah, it I'm turns dark, it's crazy. Like crazy. it gets dark. And I was hooked. I was I was locked in to that. I think I I think I canceled my plans for that night and was just like, fuck it. I'm staying home. I'm finishing this series. <laughs> I gotta know what happens. And I'm mm-hmm. just not gonna sleep. Like I'm just gonna be at work tired tomorrow. I'm not doing nothing tonight, but I'm finna watch this series through to the I end. I gotta know that they're coming out with a movie i think a new a new movie to continue the whole like rebellion uh movies that they had i think it's coming out this year or next year i'm not sure but i know they announced it and i was like oh okay thank you <laughs> for me for me you did this for me definitely uh you did this for me i'm gonna be so <laughs> mentally ill oh my god that was the thing like so i watched I had a string. I had a string of anime at the time where I watched Madoka Magica. I watched Iron Blood Orphans. I watched Project K, and I watched. Um, I watched something else, and all four of those anime. I remember at the time I was thinking like, okay, I'm putting myself through a lot of trauma right now. I need to watch something that's just like funny. I need to read or watch something that's just gonna be funny because I've gone through all the bullshit for these past four anime that I've been through and it's a problem. That's how I feel uh, every time I watch like shoujo and I'm just like, why do I put myself through this? I could be watching something funny. I guess I just want to be sad, huh? You might have to put me on some I feel like shoujo was toxic. And I, yeah, oh I my see God, shoujo does that so right. They do it so right. What, toxic? No, no, not toxic. It's some they do what they do right is is really is this even though sometimes the episodes don't go as long or they only have like maybe 24 or one season, you still see this full like emotional and mental like growth of these characters. Cause it's not just like left to a cliffhanger. It's not just like, oh well they did this, so I guess that solves everything. No, they really like go through the processes and steps and sometimes they have faults and they have to make it up again. And that's what I really, really adore about Shoujo. Shonen does it sometimes, but they don't do it as well. Shoujo is really that girl for that. Like if you really want to see characters go through emotional throws and truly grow from that or heal from said experiences, Shoujo is the way to go. Uh, I think that's what I'm getting from uh, Jose right now, but it's just in a much more brutal way, uh, which I think is more suitable for my taste. But you might have to recommend some Shoujo for me because I didn't watch many before. I was kind of like, there's some toxic characters in here. And I do like, I did like the growth that they were having. Um, the first Shoujo that I watched in particular was uh, Oro Monta, Monotagari, uh, My Love Story, which... You know, I just Googled and it popped up. So I watched that and I watched that with my girlfriend. And that's one thing we kept commenting on was the growth that the characters were going through. And we thought it was really cute. And I was like, yeah, you don't always get this character growth in Shonen. Like you got to really wait for it if it does happen. Mm-hmm. So it was great. But um, I don't think the the way the series come across, they just weren't sticking to me how, how I wanted things to stick. So then someone was like, oh, you got to watch Jose. Then 
I started watching those, uh, uh, reading those or watching those, and I was like, okay, this is different. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, like Sweat and Soap was, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't put that down. I, I binged all through that. Uh, seen them in that relationship. They were cute. Um, we had hard times together. I felt like I was the third wheel inside their relationship, just going through this with them and like living this life. And like I had time. I don't even do this, but I had times where I was putting the manga down, just talking to myself and like talking to the characters. Um, I don't do that all the time, and so that's how I know it was a good story. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, that's crazy. That's I couldn't know. even imagine. I couldn't even imagine if you had did that to me. That's how you know it's good when you really got to like put it down and just go, now let someone do this to me. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know sure what I would do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, while we're, while we're on the subject of emotional um, and emotions that go into it, uh, on this podcast, we do a segment called Yay or Nay. And that's really like how we get the main conversation of the podcast started. So I'm going to transition that way. And the yay or nay for today that I want to go with is something that's highly debated on the timeline, which is sub or dub. And um, since you're a voice actor, I figured I would ask um, the take that I've saw on the timeline. And you guys will each say yes or no, if you agree. The take I saw on the timeline was that we only like sub because we don't understand Japanese and we think it's cooler than dub. Do you guys agree that we only like sub because we don't understand Japanese or do you think that there's something else that goes into that? Um, I'm saying nay. Um. <laughs> hey. mm. 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 Dang, I really gotta pick a choice. There is no in between. Um, I'm going with no with nay and, and while you decide, um, I'll just give my reasoning for nay. Okay. I'm going with Nay because, yes, I don't understand Japanese, so it does have kind of that foreign, exotic sense to it. But one thing I really like about Sub is I feel like I feel the emotions from the voice actors. I feel like they're on key. Um, This hasn't been all dubs, but there have been some really lazy dubs out there where the actors have come over and haven't understand the hyperbole and exaggeration that goes into anime. And so while there are some really good animes where um, or some really good dub animes where those actors get in their bag, there are misses too. With the with the subs, I feel like there are a few misses, few misses with dubs, but I think that's just the case that when we pull the dub actors, we don't always have um, I'm not sure that all, and I don't know how it works behind the scenes, but I'm not sure that all the dub voice actors have been actual anime fans. I feel like they've been voice actors that have been called in for a job to to act this character. And while they may understand the personality of this, char- of this character, if you're not an anime fan, you're not nailing the aesthetic that should be coupled with the anime, that sense of exaggeration. And I feel like normally, more often than not, I get that from Sub, which is why you'll find me watching Sub most of the time. But I do enjoy a good dub. And I don't, I won't discriminate. If it's a good dub, I'm finna watch it. I'ma listen. Uh, I may I may even like close my eyes and just try to hear, you know, what they're going through. Uh, Yusuke and the dub, Yusuke's voice actor, they constantly get naked. You feel emotions, you feel them screaming, you feel everything they're going through. 
Yeah, um, I definitely... That's what I'm going with now. I agree with you on the same sentiments, GB, when it comes to, like, you know, sub-actors. You definitely get that sense of, like, emotion and, you know, that sincerity and that authenticity of them when they're, when they're acting in their natural, you know, voices and when their natural, you know, language. And um, I feel like when it comes to, like, sub, like, you definitely get a sense of, like, it's not like, it's not like they're trying too hard, but it's just, like, it's just all natural. Like, you're just talking and you're just talking in a natural way and you can see that they really have an emotional attachment to these characters because these are something that they might relate to or just something that they might enjoy a lot. And you can definitely get that coming through with the sub-characters. Like, you know, when they do the over-exaggerations, like, you know, the the high screen, or like, you know, the low tones or whatever like that, when they try to make a gag or something like that, I definitely feel funnier. It feels a lot funnier to me. But when it comes to, like, dub, I feel like you don't get that. I feel like it's like they're trying, but they're not really hitting the mark for me. Like you know, they're trying to do too much, and it's just like it's not hitting. Like um, like even like yeah. you know when they did like the four kids dub, four kids dub, like that was so bad for me, because like I hated the I four feel, kids dub. It was, yeah, wasn't my thing. It wasn't at all because like they were really trying so hard trying to like you know make these characters funny. It was like, and then trying to make it relatable and everything, but it just wasn't hitting for me. Like especially with the sub characters, like the sub um, voice actors, like you know, this is what they do for a living. This is what they you know they're enjoying this and they're having fun. With a double, like as you said, like they're just coming to do a job and they're just doing it and then they're moving on. They're not really, you know, getting into character, not getting into role. But with a sub, oh, sub on voice actors, they definitely get into character and you can tell because <laughs> they really, they really get They really get into it. And I love that about the sub. Like, even though I still, I still like my dub every now and then, but I have to make a really good dub for me, like, you know, to like really watch it. And even, even more so, the one point about sub too, like, it's the translation that you're gonna get. Like with a dub, you're not gonna get a, a good translation either way, because like you know, you're gonna. You have know, to, sometimes you do get, you do get good translations. I, I feel like with the manga, um, even with manga, sometimes the translations be bogus. Like Viz's translations of these last couple One Piece chapters, they've been mm-hmm. up and down for me. Um, but that all goes into the translator and what they think it translates to. And how they think yeah. that moment should sound in a different language, and uh, sometimes you miss that too. And and you know you made that point about the One Piece voice actors. Uh, maybe they felt like certain moments was corny, so they weren't even buying into it. Like this is corny. Mm. Like why would why would why would this person even say that? Because you're not understanding like the overall uh, big picture of the story. Yeah, my feeling. Yeah, no. But uh, D, you got an answer for us. I think I'll lean more towards nay just because subtitles are with any language you don't understand. Of course, subtitles are very important because you want to understand the story. You want to know what they're saying, but it also comes down to language, how emotions are conveyed through different languages are like way different. Like English is a Germanic language. So certain things don't sound like as they should if you are listening to sub versus dub some things don't sound quite as they should but that is just like a language thing if they're saying one thing in japanese and it sounds that way but they're saying one thing in english and they're trying they're trying their best to emulate as it um emulate what it sounds but like there are a lot more like verbs and syllables to get around with english with japanese it sounds more connected and fluid and you can really get a feeling of emotion through that fluidity but with english there's just like a lot to go over even as a fluent speaker it can still be hard to like convey true emotion through like 
the words you're trying to go through. So like I prefer I prefer both. If I'm doing sub, then I'm actually like paying attention to the thing. I'm not really doing anything else. I just really want to watch the show. If I'm doing dub, I have other things to do around the house. I like to listen to them, you know, act. I like to listen to my little um, acting mutuals, like, you know, be in their bag. Love it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I know them to be good actors. I know them to be. But you will have some that don't know how to, like, do emotion. And the thing is, when you're voice acting, it's not just with your voice. You need to be in that booth and you need to act like you are on stage in front of somebody, in front of an audience. You need to be acting. You can't just be in there and go like, Oh, okay, I'm doing a nice little voice. Ha ha Okay, what's what's the inflection? What's the tonal inflection in that? That's another thing with it. Like, tonal inflection. It's different across each language. Because when you listen to, like, Japanese subs, and say you were listening to um, Spanish subs, of course, these are, like, two different languages, and you might hear, like, some different tonal inflections through certain words or translations that they're trying to get through. So... Eh. Eh. that voice switch up you just did was so cool and because you yeah. were talking about having to be in the booth and acting it, i wish that we had it on video like how you looked when you did the voice switch up uh worst worst gen pod fans video is coming soon we're working on it we've had two failures with it but video will be here soon don't worry about it i definitely wish i could have saw like your mannerisms as you acted that out uh yeah I you gotta like when you're doing these types of things and these types of voices and you read through the script one time and then the whoever's directing you go like, yes, they sound like this. This is what they sound. Because sometimes they'll either um, just show you like um, like basic bio of what they are. Oh, this character is bubbly. This character is stoic. This character mm -hmm. is da, da, da. But if you've seen the show like in original Japanese subs before, you'll get a feeling for the voice right there. And sometimes that's where I like to go to like see what a character is or if I have to study for a character, just like, oh, what do they sound over here? What kind of tonal inflections are they giving them over here to where I can try, try my best to like carry over in English? That's good that you, uh, I don't know if it's good or not, so I'm not gonna say that's good, but I think that that's cool that you, um, that you also look at the sub and kind of like use that as kind of like a, like a form of character analysis to like study what that sub actor sounded like and um, how you can maybe implement some things that they did well into what you're doing with the dub. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, with it. that, with that being said, and everything we just went into, um, you talked about you talked about acting in the booth and you know really getting into character. Uh, how did you? Were you a good actor when you were younger? Like, how did you decide that you wanted to do acting and then voice acting at that? Like, how did you decide that voice acting was the route you wanted to go? Hmm. I decided, I don't think I thought about it a lot when I was a kid because I would always mimic voices as a kid or like favorite characters, just like, you know, talking to myself or whatnot. But I think I really got into the aspect of voice acting. It was my freshman year of college. And I just wanted to do like, cause my other voice acting accomplice, my cousin, Joshua David King, he was also like, he was already like really in the voice acting biz. And I was like, that's really cool. And he was like, you should do a little impression video. And I was like, you are right, I will. And so I did and I really liked it. And other people really liked it too. So I thought, hmm, I really could like turn this into something that 
you know, I can do career-wise because I really like this. It's fun to do. It's fun to, like, be these characters. It's fun to act different characters that I'm on either, like, you know, not really accustomed to or kind of uncomfortable with. But, like, it's, like, a fun little challenge for me. And sometimes I'll get characters that, like, I love. And it, they're so easy for me to do. And especially, like, the high pitch ones. I love those. Oh, they're lovely. And, like, <laughs> so I thought more about it. And I was like, yeah, I think I will, like, pursue this. I think I will, like, you know get more into it and so i did and i'm happy to where i'm about to end up okay um that's what's up did you uh when you first i'll oh, go ahead go ahead go ahead master I, I was gonna ask um so speaking of like the characters that you portray like what are the what's the process you go into like you know when it comes to like, forcing a new character like how do you how do you find that voice for that character like what's your process like usually i would if it's a character that's from already from a show and they already have like Japanese dubs. I already told you about this. Though, like going into their sub counterparts and seeing like, what do they do for their voice? Are they gruff? Do they do a lot of like, um, do they do a lot of expressions for them? Do they do a lot of like, you know, um, oh, excuse me, subtle like sighs or stuff like that? So I'll look at that first, and then I'll try it myself, like in English, and then I'll go, okay, so this is what's working on the English side for me. And this is what's not. So I have to like stitch those things together to get like this. Well, what I feel is like a perfect dub version of said character. So I just go back and forth with a lot of like voicing around. I also like talk to myself in the voice just to see how it's going. Do a few takes, find which one like I really, really like. And then I'll just put that into memory and it's there forever. Cause I don't think it'll be very hard to like you know switching the voice up so often, going from character to character. Like I know I can all speak in my voice. <laughs> I've never like tried you know voice anything else, so I can just imagine like you know that the true vocal training will take this like you know go from high pitch character to like doing a low pitch character, something like that, like doing a Luffy to like an Usaki. Yeah, I gotta know. Was it difficult for you? Like, did you have just an innate talent, and instantly when you attempted this, like it all worked out, or? was the first yeah. the first piece that you did people liked it but behind the scenes did you did it take you like 15 tries across five hours no it actually only took me two Sports. it only wow. took me two, two tries oh. to do my very first impression video and i was like huh i'm kind of <laughs> okay at controlling my voice hmm. okay. and i told joshua about it he was like yeah you should really get into it i was like yeah i should and you know, here I am. <laughs> are you able? To, are you able to sing? A little bit. Okay. We're still getting into that because, like, I was a choir kid growing up. You know, not church choir, but like, my mom was like, "You should do the school choir." I was like, "Okay." So you know, did that. Oh. I was an alto, so like, I have a basic understanding of like carrying a tone, carrying a tune, a tone, carrying notes, stuff like that. And I wanted, I wanted to implement that in more in voice acting. But that just that takes like extra practice. So like I'm working on that as of now, just in case like roles come up and they're like, "Can you sing?" and I can be like, "I can." That's one thing I think about voice actors is because uh, Eddie Murphy can, um, you know, change his voice up. And I know it's like he's not like the greatest singer, but he can definitely like hold a note, hold a tone together. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Time. If and you that's can, important. if you can like hold a basic note and a basic tune, then yeah, you're good. 
So whenever I see a voice actor, I just think like they can hold a note in a tune, like they can put something together, and and you know, uh, develop from that. I but it doesn't always translate both ways. Like I know really good singers, and but they can't they can't change their voice around and uh, voice act. And I mean, you even see it um, in in real life because we have you know some sing- singers that go on to be voice actors and animations or productions, and. Uh, you know, you think that you think there would be more if it was that easy, like if it went both ways. But I guess like if your talent isn't singing, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll be the strongest voice actor. You can probably, you know, most of them can probably do okay. And just mm-hmm. like if you're a really good voice actor, you might not be the strongest singer. You can probably just hold a tune and do okay. And probably yeah. like impress people at the family gatherings and they sing that song for your auntie again. And you, you knock <laughs> it out and like, oh, you should you should go on American Idol. Like, no, I'm not that good. Don't um, gas me up now. Don't, don't gas me up. I don't need that in my life. Go on uh, so with that, with that with that being said, um, we're talking about, you know, all the work that goes into it. What does that work look like? Like, how do you practice? Um, like, how do you – well, not practice. I think I'm more interested in what is the muscle training like? Like, how do you weight train? Yeah. Mm-hmm for I'm voice acting. yeah like how do you tune your vocal cords how do you protect them do you wake up and drink honey water first thing in the morning every day like what does that look like well when i started i didn't really think about like all of that type of stuff i was just like as long as i'm not doing anything ridiculous to my vocal cords i should be okay but um i did drink like tea on the regular but that's like something i do all the time i like tea and i like putting honey in it so I guess honey tea is always nice. Something warm for the vocal cords is always nice anyway. When I was visiting Joshua just for like a little cousin get together, he had these like uh, vocal lozenges and I asked him, oh, what are these? And he was like, oh, they help like, you know, keep your vocal cords um, nice and, you know, moist, I guess. And they keep them from like, you know, drying out. It's very important for like, you know, if you have like a big session to do and you're like straining out your voice a lot and I was like I will look into it and I know I said I would look into it but I just stole his so yeah <laughs> but I bought more eventually yeah it's my... right there might as well just take it <laughs> yeah it was right there for the taking I left on my plane he was none the wiser <laughs> Do you have to, you know, do any of the, you know, um, do you train like la 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 anything like that or? Well, for when I do like voice acting, especially for when I have to do those squeaky, really high voices, I I gotta do it a few times because they take a lot out of me. Voices such as Luffy's or like a very very high childlike voice, they always take like a lot out of me it's it's because it's either too gravelly or it's to the point where i'm squeezing my vocal cords to like the point where i just can't breathe and so mm-hmm. i just have to like practice it over and over and over again sometimes subconsciously i'll just walk around and i'll just be like talking in these voices and my roommate will go like who are you talking to i'm like i'm not talking to anybody i'm just doing stuff so like i'll walk around and subconsciously just like say these voices out loud and then i'll go like huh that that voice was actually pretty good and then i'll try and do it again and then once i get it get what i want i'm like yeah okay this is it and i just put it in my brain and it's there forever what's your uh 
what what voice are you most gifted at doing it's just like it just comes natural kids kids very like high-pitched squeaky i love them they're so much fun to do it's it just comes it just comes so naturally to me or like the really um the really optimistic heroine of the story those kinds of voices those two so those two are like my bread and butter we're actually getting uh i think there's a wave of characters coming our way now that's going to be more uh heroin based that sounds so weird I know. when i just that said that word? Out loud. <laughs> <laughs> at first i thought yeah. the word when i was young i thought the word was heroin i thought it was heroin yes. and then my teacher was like yes. my teacher was like Talk no it's, it. it's heroin you said it right the first time i was like no miss miss parks yeah. that's a drug and she was like yeah i'll well, tell you what heroin no, is i don't think you know <laughs> She was like, well, yeah, these are just words that like are look the same, are spelled the same, and they sound the same, but they have two different meanings. I was like, oh, okay. Welcome to it's English. It's so weird word. Uh, English is such a weird that, language for that. It's so odd. And and the crazy thing is I know it's heroin, but whenever I read it, if I see it on a page, in my mind it's still heroine. I still read it that way. I still like say it that way when I'm talking to myself. Um but if I'm talking to someone else or, you know, you're reading aloud or whatever may be happening, whatever situation you're in or we're on this podcast, I know it's heroin, but it's always been heroin in my head. And I had the same interaction as you. I was talking to a teacher and she's like, no, that is it's actually, you know, said the same way. I was like, no, I don't think you know what heroin is, but <laughs> I can I can tell you about it. Uh, it's actually a drug. She's like, no, 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 no. And so I remember her pulling out a dictionary and go like, okay, so this is heroin and this is heroin. And I was like, okay. The same thing. This is stupid. I hate it. Like, I looked at it, I was like, this is stupid and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't for me. So, uh, but I, I definitely, <laughs> we're getting those characters coming our way. And I'm happy because I always like, like I said earlier, I always like, like a strong uh, female character. And I don't feel like we get enough of those in stories right. especially when it comes to anime and manga stories in the sh in the shonen genre so to speak uh and in other genres but it's heavily in shonen where the women characters tend to live through their male counterparts and oftentimes and even it. when they're when they're a strong I character to start out we talked about this on the uh on the woman's episode that we did uh in our 2020 woman's month uh, even when they start out as a really strong character, they meet this love interest all of a sudden that they're, you know, stronger than or has strong has at the time. And all of a sudden they lose all ambition, all sense of self, all goals. They stop caring about the things they care about and everything they do is to impress this man or win this man over. And it just it ends the character. Like It takes away everything fun about this character. and You become just another bot, just another robot that is trying to you know, live for just this man who yeah. honestly oh my God. very rarely oh even notices the woman is so more caught up in his bros doesn't even notice the woman. Oh, so the it's just like, it's a wasted character to me. Like it's, it'd be making me so like you going out I, sad. Oh my God. Yeah. When like when Naruto was up on them screens and I, when I tell you as a Sakura stand, Oh, I was in the trenches. I was suffering. I'm talking in there, getting shot every day, 
every day because Kishimoto decided, yeah, this is her. Are, are you serious? Tell me you lying. She ain't have to, she ain't have to be like this. She didn't have to be like Every this. And that's the sad and, part. Ooh. She's strong. Yeah, she's strong. She, I mean, and she, st- she still deals with that stigma to this day. Like, now it's just she, cool to trash Sakura and say she's so weak. She didn't matter. She didn't mean nothing. But she definitely has feats in the series. Oh, all that's overshadowed. Give me my arc where she is out back getting her ass beat by Lady Tsunade. Why did we not see that? I didn't I didn't want to see it in flashing images. I wanted to see her study. I wanted to see her strength training. I wanted to see her chakra expansion training. I wanted to see everything. But no, he said, just put it as a montage. Please. I'm suffering. Like I was going through it. It was sick. Is is absolutely crazy, and uh, definitely, uh, Sakura definitely did get the '80s montage. You put some rock music over it, and I probably would have thought it was Rocky, or something like that. Because so she got smoked. I was so upset that, because she, she was one of the first in her group to truly master, like chakra con- chakra control. Okay, Naruto's got this beast in his stomach. Sasuke came from this legendary clan i don't care first of all the beast is inside naruto he can talk to him anytime he want sasuke's clan's dead i don't Mm -hmm. care about him why was she left out when she showed the most promise at the beginning Mm -hmm. it was crazy Crazy. she was the first one to climb up them trees with no issue Mm -hmm. with the uh with the new gen though we have the makis so maki from jjk and Maki from Fire Force are both two very strong characters. Um, both and they both eat. in the literal sense, and yeah, in the literal eat. sense of physically strong and everything. And they're strong characters in the you know the the what what, what word am I looking for? The figurative sense that you know personality, how they are, how they act. They don't fold for nobody. I love that about them. Um, one of my favorite moments in Fire Force comes in the manga. And, you know, Maki is is in this moment where, like, she could fold and could back down. And it looks like all the odds is against her, but she definitely rises to the occasion time and time again and does the damn thing. I can't wait to actually see that in the anime because they did really, really well with her first moment in the anime where she blew all them niggas away in the basement. She fucked them niggas up downstairs, and I loved it. She and did. now we get Maki and JJK, uh, my goat. They're not there in the anime yet, but in the manga, she fucking goes crazy. Like Maki. you got the Ooh. yeah. Maki. Maki from JJK just she goes, she was sound. She, she goes wild. She knows what she wants, and it's very clear mm-hmm. that you know this is a woman who knows what she wants to do. She wants to mm-hmm. make her name known in the Zenin clan. She wants to let them know, mm-hmm. like yeah, fuck all y'all. And she quite literally did. She went in there. Yeah. And she killed building bitches. Like, it was crazy. And I sat here, I was like, you know what, girl? You're doing so good right now. You're doing so good. I'm so proud of you. You really did that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just sitting there giggling the whole time. I said, oh, my God. Look at her. 
hard. I'm over here looking at my phone like I'm looking at pictures of my kid who won a goal at their first soccer tournament. I'm sitting here like. <laughs> I'm over here sending screenshots to my friends like, see what I tell you. She did that. Told you. Told you she's going to level mm -hmm. up. And, and to everybody, all the fucking manga readers, the haters that were sharing the panel of Maki and Fire Force when she took the shower. And they were shitting on her for having muscles and having a strong Bro. figure and saying that's a man or she trans or all that other shit. Fuck y'all. Because I fucking, I fucking, so love, the fact, I fucking love the so fact irritating. that she got muscles and she looks strong. I love when women work out and they like, I don't mm. think that muscles make you not look feminine. Like, but you can also, have muscles and these still be anime feminine. fans, these anime fans that go through like the whole entire like effort of just being like, Oh, she's an anime girl though. Why does she have muscles? Well, now let's look at her profession. She's a fucking magical firefighter. She right. can bench press more than you could ever like hope to in your life, baby. Mm -hmm. Like former, it's former really, military police. Is this is this shit adding up for y'all? Like it's very normal for her to have this body type. She's a very strong individual and she has a very strong body type. She needs to be strong in order to do these things of protecting people like it's odd because it's just like at that at that moment it's not even about the character like i'm not i'm not even like shitting on you because oh you said you're just mad because i said something about your favorite character no i'm mad because you took these views of like realistic body types and then all of a sudden you made it about like how realistic or how like actual women's bodies look so now you just yeah. look stupid because you started this shit over a character but now I'm clowning you because you obviously don't know how body types work. But you're shaped like a whole a box. Take, so tell me about that. Um, uh, that is a, that is an absolute bad take. I really I thought that that shit was mad distasteful when they was doing that in the manga because like, bro, the the shit was a it was a lit moment because so much of Maki's personality is that she's the Cyclops gorilla. That that's the ongoing joke. And then you get like this shower. Oh, scene. but she was getting work done. She was getting, she was getting work, work done. done. So much of personality is that. And then you get the shower scene and everything incorporated, everything that was incorporated with the shower scene, like the prep and the afterwards and like the conversations that she had with uh, the other women in the manga that went around that entire kind of like uh, scene was a very feminine kind of look. Or it was a more gentle look at Maki that we didn't always get. So I appreciate that look into another aspect of her character. And like niggas was just shitting on it. I didn't really fuck with it. Um, we are going to transition back to voice acting. So we've talked about you had this innate talent. You had, uh, you know, you found out that you had uh, the Nine Tails beast inside you already. And you just had everything you needed to be good at voice acting. And we talked about kind of the things you do to continue training and being strong enough to do the work that you want to do. Uh, beyond that talent and the training that you do, what are some of those intangibles that are out there that you feel like has a voice actor and anyone that may be listening to this podcast that wants to get into voice acting, what are those intangibles that, that people should be considering that they need to make them successful at voice acting, whether it be... Um, being smart about getting a manager or networking or anything like that well a lot of the times you don't need a manager to like manage yourself it's nice if you have one or are able to get like representation like that but i've seen plenty of voice actors like within the community they are always booked and busy and they manage it all themselves 
but like it all depends on like you how you feel about it oh do i feel like i need a manager or do i feel like i need da, da, da? because some of these some of these uh some of these little um what's the word i'm looking for oh like representatives companies like stuff like that they're always like oh but you need a manager in order to get proper uh, representation and then they're just like oh but to get proper representation you need to be signed to a company so it's just like it's like this weird like never-ending circle of just like well no but you really can make it just like by yourself you just really have to learn how to promote yourself get yourself out there you also need to know how to act and I truly mean the basics of just regular acting. Like, I picked up some tips on YouTube and just saved them there for, like, future reference or, like, if I needed to go back to it. But, like, if you don't know how to act and you're over here just, like, saying words into a microphone, uh, I don't know how far you're going to get. You're probably going to get, like, some a lot of criticism going like well why do you sound like this the inflection da, da, da. because like when they put you in this booth they want you to act they want yeah. you to act like you're actually mm -hmm. like in there like you got to be like in the moment because sometimes it's true what we said earlier before sometimes they will like uh auto typecast certain like voice actors and they'll just go in they'll read and it's like okay bam they just made another check not really much like feeling into it or whatnot because like i guess the show wasn't as important or they needed it to get it done because like curating dubs or like creating dubs like it's a lot like a lot goes into that process so like it's always kind of a rush game as well so like there could be many reasons on why but like you need to know how to act you need to know how to like get those like inflections in there also, like, yeah. you don't have to get the most expensive microphone on the market. You don't need to break your, like, wallet for that. Just make sure it sounds clear, it sounds good, and it's, like, a microphone that's durable and you can rely on. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that you were watching, you watched YouTube videos. Are there any classes or books or YouTube videos that you would recommend off the top of your head that people should check out? Um see if i still have it saved oh you got the bookmarks i did because like are i have a terrible memory i have a terrible memory are, are you mm -hmm. the type to bookmark a folder for like every little thing that you do in your life and then underneath that folder is every reference or website that you've ever like looked up and thought that if would I work think, you to save if i think if i know in the back of my mind that i'm gonna like have to reference it like again and again i'm just like okay i better save it because i already know i'm already asking about it now I'm reading the article and I'm still like, hmm, where is this from? Like, I just, <laughs> I still need to like get into it. I'm just like, okay, I need to save this because if I lose it, I'm going to be so upset. I'm going to be so upset. 100%. But, um, I think where I started, where I started for like on the YouTube advice, I started looking up like basics of voice acting because I saw this one video. I wanted to figure out how to make my voice sound more masculine. So I looked up videos um, for that and it just kind of followed into like, oh, how to sound like this or how to sound like a certain character. Da, da, da. And it would just go like through that. So if you just wanted to like look up basics of voice acting, you could really find videos not only on like equipment, how to make your own demo reel, how to look for good websites that will actually make your demo reel good if you don't want to make it yourself. Um, 
where to start if you want to start like getting better at voices and inflections where to da, 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 da. they really have it all like they really got it in there all right um and then i so we're already at an hour and 15 minutes so i guess i gotta start wrapping this up this is this has really been a good conversation though and i don't want to wrap it up because i'm really enjoying <laughs> i'm really enjoying the gems that you're dropping and like the flow but I guess if I had to put one last question, um, unless Rome, do you have another question? I have one more that I really want to ask. Um, I did have a question in terms of like, you know, cause I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and I've just been amazed by how these voice actors are able to like switch between characters, between different voices, just doing different characters and acting them out. So I just want to know, like, you know, what's like, you know, would you be able to like, how do you even do that? Like as a voice actor, like how is it that you just go from like a, the one voice to another voice, like you know, as you acting out this whole script or whatever, is it easy? Is it hard? What is it? What's a what does it take for you to do that? For me, since I like read and like character voices like before, it was relative. It was okay, but if you're gonna be like doing that, I think a good tip to use is reread it through it first. Know where the characters are, and like when you see it, it's just like okay gotta remember to switch and if it's something that you're able to write on like if you're recording something and if it's something you're able to write on that you don't have to like give back to anybody write on it make notes in like very bright fluorescent like ink going like there's a switch here there's a switch here this character is here this character is here and once you see like those marks you can get used to it and you can go from okay i'm going from this character to this character and it just becomes something that's a little bit more easier once you like see the like marks you planned out and then my last thing I want to know is I'm always curious um, what what for you would probably be the most impactful life event that you've had that you feel has, has helped you through your journey in voice acting I think it or was that oh. e either that or um, what has just been your favorite milestone that you've reached in your journey of voice acting either or well, I am. I cannot legally share that milestone, but you all will ah, find out very soon. Oh. To be to be continued. This yes. this almost was an exclusive <laughs> like episode, but she can. Uh, they cannot share that with us yet, so this this will not be an exclusive episode. But in the future, we just will have to have D back so that we can discuss. Yep, can't share this milestone. that yet, and I will be more than happy to come back. But can't share yeah. that yet. But I all you need to know is that I'm just very excited. But um, okay. I think what really like launched this whole like, oh, I really like this. I really like this whole voice acting thing is um, is when I made my first impression video, like when I was first starting out in college, mm -hmm. you know, it was just like, I was like, oh, wait, I really like this. I really, 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 really like this. And then I was like, yeah. And it just like, it just followed. It just followed from that, you know? That's really dope. And it, it's great that that happened so early on for you. Oftentimes people have to stay with a, a hobby or a skill for a long time before they, you know, they kind of have a breakthrough. Like, this is for me. And this is something that, you know, I have some, some confidence and some type of guarantee of, well, not a guarantee of success, but a guarantee that I can be happy doing this for a long time. 
Mm -hmm. And some people have to really work to get to that moment. And for you to be able to experience that early on is, um, I guess it could be a blessing or a curse because you, you could have had that moment and um, felt very blah or mad about it. It's just been like, you know, easy come, easy go type deal. Mm -hmm. And it comes to you and you, you don't cherish it as you should. But in your case, that moment happens and it's kind of a, a moment of clarity. Like this is something I could really enjoy doing that I really would like to do. I appreciate it. So uh, that's a beautiful thing that you got there early on, that that gift. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, oh, yeah, this is something I can get into. Um, I am going to wrap up this episode so we can meet time. And uh, I actually, I have guests over. Uh, for everyone listening to the podcast, if you hear any background noise, that is my guest being rowdy. We've been drinking G Bellinis all day. That is a new drink G that I've uh, named, and uh, and I need that. Yeah, we had we had to push the recording time back a little bit. Um, you do need a G Bellini in your life. I was actually pretty impressed with these. Um, I am not the cocktail drink maker of this relationship. That is definitely all the secretary. And this is my first time being like, you know what? I'm gonna make a drink because I haven't I haven't made a drink since really college at the Kappa House. And I used to put drinks together. But that has not been my thing since I left college. So I was really proud of myself today, you know. But if y'all hear people in the background being noisy, those are my people. So we are going to wrap up the pod so I can get back to being a host. Um, but before we go, uh, I do want to say, D, I appreciate you coming out. I appreciate you doing this episode with us. It means a lot. Like I said, when I first found your content, it was a breath of fresh air for me. I've really stuck with your page since then, and um, it's been a pleasure to follow you with uh, everything that you have going on, the things that you can't speak about, and the things in the future that you won't be able to speak about. I hope that you continue to have success, and I hope that you continue to grow. And I feel like, you know, I, I came in watching you on your journey at the beginning, and I'm just rooting for your success. I just want to see, you know, how far things go for you. Thank so thank you, you for coming and thank blessing you us. Thank so much. Yes. Definitely. Thank you for pulling up. And um, I can't yeah, wait for the people to hear it. I hope they enjoy it. We have fun over here at West Gen. Uh, D, please take this time to promote your socials. Uh, say anything that you want to say at the end of the pod. And I'm going to wrap things up. Anyway, yep, you can find me at Dizumaki on both Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all of that. And follow your dreams. That's all I got to say on the matter. Yes, sir. Follow your dreams, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Worst Generation Podcast. Shout out to all our patrons of the Worst Generation Podcast. Without you guys, we could not do this podcast. Uh, we definitely just got uh, two new patrons. Uh, we got Katie uh, Kedrick, Newt from Chaotic Culture Podcast. I definitely appreciate you for subscribing to the Patreon. And we also got Chris Davis, who we met through Enemy After Dark Clubhouse. But I'm proud to have you a part of the Worst Gen community now. I appreciate you both. Uh, we have Jordan Smith as well and Karan Knights. I, I think I know you guys from Enemy After Dark, but your actual names that you subscribe to the Patreon on don't match up with the Enemy After Dark names. So if you guys are listening to this episode, reach out to me. Hit me up. Let's talk about you know what you got going on, what type of content you want to see from us, because I definitely appreciate you guys subscribing, and I want to make sure we put content in your hands that you want to see, that you want to hear, and experience. Uh, for everyone else that's listening to the pod, thank you for your continued support. support. 
Like, subscribe, do all the good stuff on all the streaming services, your favorite podcast app, wherever you're at. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at WorstGenPod. Hit us up on Instagram at WorstGenerationPodcast. And thank y'all. That is it for this episode of Worst Generation Podcast. And until next time, we out. Arriba dirt cheap.